It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field. And bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get get it it on. Here's your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It's time for silver and black today. The post-game edition the Raiders, 27-20 to 20 losers to the Jacksonville Jaguars as the Raiders for the third time in 2022 blow a 17 to nothing lead. The Raiders now drop to 2-6. and six. We're going to attempt to perhaps offer you some answers, at least offer you some therapy. I can see the YouTube chat already going crazy. People are not happy, and I don't blame you. Uh, But just remember, make sure you subscribe to the show, whether you're listening to us on the podcast feed, you can do that anywhere you get the audio. Just hit subscribe, whether it's on uh, um, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you guys get it, please subscribe there. We appreciate it. If you're on YouTube, hit subscription plus the notification button as well. And of course, on this show, every post game joining me uh, is my good friend from Raiders Fan Radio. That is Murph with our Voice of the Fan segment. And Murph, uh, I feel like this is going to be a repeat of last time, although I sort of think this might be a little worse with the way things started and the team they were playing. The Jaguars, losers of five in a row, really couldn't find the handle over the last five games. The Raiders had an opportunity to stay in Florida for the week, get ready for this game. When they came out in the first half, it sure looked good. I was texting you saying, hey, you know, this is this is this is what you expected to see from this offense. And then it all falls apart in the second. Half. Give us your initial thoughts. What are your feelings after watching this one? This one was rough. You know, I, I thought we were going to win the Super Bowl after the first half. Right. And then after, <laughs> after surrendering another 17 to nothing lead. And then, of course, the 20 to nothing lead. We surrendered against the Cardinals. It's just it's getting rough, man. And, you know, and I, and I love you and I love this show and I love. Uh, the listening audience, but I don't love this team right now. And, you know, the opposite of love is not hate, it's indifference. And right now I feel indifferent about the Raiders. I'm like, it's 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 so rough right now. Like, I just, I, I, there's so many things that, um, that just don't make sense. And, and, I'm, and we're going to get into the details of the game, of course. But as far as like an overall takeaway, like the biggest thing I can think about right now is that I'm at a crossroads of my fandom. Is am I going to drink my feelings or eat them tonight? Like, I just don't <laughs> know which way this thing is going to go. Yeah, and it, it's 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 a hard one to figure out too. And I know a lot of us, you know, we you you uh, even Raider Beat did a story about your show this past week, which was great, talking about your feelings about the press conference and how the Raiders organization was talking, in essence, to fans and the media about uh, about this team. And then we heard Josh, uh, excuse me, Dave Ziegler later in the week, and Mo and I kind of went off on that as well on Thursday, talking about well, what are you talking about? Play- players are getting better. You're happy with the progress. How can you be happy with the progress? He said, Dave Ziegler, this week, said that he felt the New Orleans game was an anomaly. Guess what? We saw it again. The Raiders unable 
to put together four quarters. Again, we saw this offense. We saw them go to Devontae Adams early and often. He goes nuts in the first half, right? The two touchdowns. Derek Carr looks good, at least. Uh, then they come out in the second half. They can't find Devontae Adams. When he does to find Devontae Adams, he's throwing behind him. He's throwing over him. It's just really frustrating because you look at the tools there. But like you said, just tell the truth. And I think clearly this team cannot go into another week and say, hey, we're happy with progress. You can't be. And I mean, you know, 146 yards in the first half for Devontae Adams. And then what did he pull a goose egg in the second half? I mean, yeah. I don't know if it was in some garbage time stuff or whatever that I missed because I was had my head down somewhere crying. But, um, <laughs> but you know, and, 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 and props to you and Mo, too. That Thursday show uh, w- w- was fantastic, by the way. But, um, yeah, you know, that's... The thing that was frustrating to me this past week, and it will continue to build in frustration as we go forward, is that, look, we're fans, um, and, you know, you, you're, 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 you're part of, you know, conventional media, for lack of a better term, but, like, you like you guys and we, we don't deserve anything from the team. Like, I get right. that. Like, right. they don't owe us anything. But if you're going to represent the team, and if you're going to go out there and you're going to speak, at least don't treat us like we're imbeciles. At least don't try to present this thing like it's in some sort of fashion that it's truly not. Because look, we're not we're not so stupid that we can't see what's going on the field on Sundays. Yeah, we might be war- watching on Directv. We're not standing on the sidelines. We're not inside the walls of Henderson. Thanks for that correction, Twitter. Um, <laughs> but, like, but you know what I mean. Like I get it sure. that we don't understand the ins and outs of the details. But just be like, and if. I just would hope that they would be frank. And if you can't be, then just say that. Like, but don't try to pretend like it's something that it's not. I'm like, because right now, look, I thought we were down bad last week. This yeah. week, is, I mean, again, to go back to that indifference, like we're down. I mean, the season's effectively over. Like mm. we're eight weeks in, they're nine and whatever, but like we're eight games in and this thing is it's essentially done. So yeah. like, and it, this isn't the Aaron Brooks led Raiders this isn't you know the Tom Walsh offense of the bed and breakfast days or whatever like you're not we're not talking about North Turner when I'm talking about like the leanest of years of Raiders we're talking about a team that was coming off of a of, of a playoff appearance and loaded up on on not only offensive but defensive positions as well introduced this coaching staff that had all the gloss in the world and all the potential in the world and then now here we're in that bucket so I think that's the hardest part is that it's one thing to go into a season and think like, yeah, okay, my, we, we might have a shot. Like if things go the right way, we might have a decent look at a playoff spot or a wild card or whatever that the case may be. But that's not what this team's story was. This team's story was of a resilience. It was a battle back. It was a, you know, fly in the face of adversity. It was make the playoffs against all odds, literally against all odds last mm-hmm. year. And then all we did was get better and we've now gone this direction and now two and six, like it, this is, the, this is my, this is one of the toughest seasons as a Raider fan in a long time, because it's, it's one thing to go into the, I'm I'm, I'm rambling now. I'm going to show No, up, that's Scott. okay. No, no. I was just going to say, I, I understand that from the fan perspective, Murph, because again, and, and we talked about it on our show is just as you did the expectations. No, nobody, I, I know some Raider fans, and, and their love of the team were saying, oh, we're going to go undefeated. I, I, You know what I'm saying. But but everyone expected this team to get back to the playoffs, right? Even Mo said, I think he said 10 and 7 or somewhere around there. I, I had 11 and 6, I think, even. Uh, and so so we, we were all sort of looking at it on paper and saying, upgraded coach, upgraded front office, 
upgraded offense, wide receiver. You sign your guys to all their extensions. You do all that stuff. This offense is going to be top five. It's going to be Super Bowl caliber offense. Defense, we had question marks, but you're adding Chandler Jones. Max Crosby continues to great, do great. Bilal Nichols up front. On the back end, you had Deron Harmon, who's worked out okay. You had uh, Anthony Averett as well. So this looked to be upgraded all the way around, and instead it's gotten much, much worse. And, I mean, you look at two. I want to stay with this offense, Murph, because I really believe, look, the defense is what it is. We know the defense has big holes, but the defense keeps the teams in games. I understand what people say, well, they can't stop anybody. Jaguars, you score 27 points on them, right? But if you look at the Raiders, the Raiders last scored in this game with 45 seconds left in the first half. Okay, so there was zero offense in the second half. Derek Carr in the second half was like 3 of 13 for 36 yards or something. I mean, just something unbelievable. Just wasn't able to get the ball going. You look at that compared to the first half, Carr to Adams connection, the one we all expected to light the world on fire. First half, 16 of 21, 223 yards, two touchdowns. Passer rating of 141. Phenomenal. Like, that's what you want to see. And Devontae Adams, nine receptions, 146. He ended up finishing with 10 receptions on the day. He had one in the second half. Uh, and then Jacobs, of course, didn't have to run in the first half. They started running him in the second half, and he did okay considering where they were at. But then you look at what the the Jaguars were able to do offensively and defensively as well. They were able to put pressure on the quarterback. The Raiders couldn't. Uh, and that expectation of what was supposed to happen here. Again, I say this, and I know it's an oversimplification, Murph, but it's true. It's just things are not working in multiple areas of this team. Offense, defense, front office, there's something just not in sync. Yeah, which is kind of like that. that's the, the toughest part, right? Because on, like you said, on paper, like everything's lined up. So ultimately, we I think we got to go back and – I was frankly surprised that that that, um, that that Patrick Graham didn't get more heat on him uh, this past week. And I know we're keeping an offensive focus, but I do want to like mm -hmm. like like let's like let's consider this idea. We brought in Chandler Jones. We've got Max Crosby on this team, and we're dropping them in coverage in the third quarter. Like <laughs> like come on, man. Like and again, I'm not gonna try to pretend like I'm some football mind over here. But like, what? Explain to me how that makes sense. Explain to me how you don't have your two best pass rushers at a on a game where you struggle to create pressure on the quarterback. Why aren't those guys pinning their ears back and and and, and taking a run at Trevor Lawrence? And so, but anyways, but but to go back to the offense, I'm I'm with you, Scott and. Uh, is it, it have we reached the point to where is it and and there's then there's all the speculation in the world and i think that mm -hmm. all of it is valid because until the raiders give us a, the the actual story or we see the actual story play out all of our speculation that as wild as it may be it's all valid until we see something else but i but i asked the question to you are we at a point to where we know that josh mcdaniels is the de facto offensive coordinator mick lombardi is i i don't even know what that guy does but like is is, is <laughs> Is 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 Josh so arrogant in his play calling, or is that? I mean, because we, we saw again the questionable freaking call. We had a third and two and a fourth and two at the end of the game, and we're trying dopey passes downfield. Like, yeah. who are you fooling? Like, just yeah. freaking power that thing up and give it to Jacob Johnson. I don't do something. Give it to Zamir White. Give it like something else. Like you would think at a minimum, I get it. If you want to try to get cute on the fourth down. Like maybe try to try to throw it, but on the third down, like run the freaking football. Like what are we doing? Like it just—it's like the most 
fundamental aspects of football, even with my limited ass brain, the most fundamental aspects of football, we're not even yeah. doing that. And, and, and so I ask you, Scott, is Josh McDaniels that like, is he think that he's just going to like re-coach or redefine the way that offensive football is now played in the NFL in 2022? <laughs> like what, what are we doing? Well, so, so a couple things here and, and we talked about it last week on the show with you. And then we talked about it. Uh, Mo and I did throughout the week as well, including on our mailbag show where, yes, I think that there is a certain sense and you touched on this in your, your eloquent speech. And I do mean eloquent. Um, uh, during Raiders fan radio this past week, right? Which was, there's an arrogance, and I use the word arrogance, and I don't mean it like I'm going to be cocky and, and and slough you off. I mean an arrogance like you, you're on the right track, you know what's going on, there's nothing going on here, there's nothing wrong. It's like that meme of Leslie Wilson, or excuse me, Leslie Nielsen from Naked Gun, where he's in front of the building, he's like, there's nothing to see here, there's nothing going on, right? Uh, but instead, there is things going on. And I do agree with you. I think the play calling is one aspect but I hate to say it because you, everyone on this on this live show and everyone who listens to the podcast knows that I have always been very even keeled when it comes to the Derek Carr conversation. 100%. I just I yeah. I think and, and it's not all him, but there's a large percentage of this too. If you look at the second half, and even in the first, even the great touchdown pass of Devonte Adams to start the game was underthrown. So I don't know what's going on with Derek Carr. I I, I still believe it's that uncomfortableness with that line. But I think that mixture of that arrogance with play calling, your quarterback not playing as well as we've seen him play in the past. Not that he doesn't play well at times. Obviously, look at the first half. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But I'm just saying everything together is not working. The play calling, the quarterback, even Devontae Adams dropping balls. I've never seen him drop in his entire career. What's going on there? Are they in their own heads because of what's happening? And this is the time of the year, another couple weeks, where you start to see teams really tail off because they lose their concentration. They lose their confidence. The locker room starts to fracture, right? I don't want that to happen with the Raiders, but it's inevitable with a lot of these teams, especially when you have a coach like this, who's new into the arena as far as being there with the Raiders. So, so I think it's a little bit of all of that. And so now you have to figure out, right? Cause, cause you're right. The, the season's effectively over. You're not making the playoffs. You're not going to go eight and one to try to make the playoffs. It's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. So, so what do you do the rest of the year? You start to think about the future. You have to. Now, Devontae Adams part of the future. He's not going to be traded. He's not going to walk out if Derek Carr leaves. If Derek Carr leaves, you have to make your choice about that. You have to then think about and prioritize what are you going to do? What are you doing in the draft? What are you doing for agency? And it sucks for fans out there. I totally get it to have to think about that now with so much football left. But, but Murph, I think in my diagnosis is it's that. It's all of these things. It's also Dave Ziegler owns a lot. He miscalculated on some signings. Didn't work out. They just haven't worked out, including Darren Waller, who I believe is injured. I know a lot of people think he's not injured. He is injured. I believe that he is, and he can't play. That's fine. But you didn't have to give him that contract, right? So, so there's all this stuff mixed together, and it just creates a toxic soup, my man. You know, that's a, it's a great point, Scott. And, and and you have such a better way to frame this kind of stuff. Cause you know, we as fans, we get all emotional. We're getting our feelings about it. That's everything. okay. That's why we have we you want, on. We're gonna pick a thing and be like, Oh, it's, it's Patrick Graham or, Oh, it's Derek Carr. Oh, it's Josh McDaniels. But you're right. It's a kind of a, it's not even kind of, I'm not going to hedge it. It's a collective. It, it, this thing is an absolute mess from just about top to bottom. And aside from the occasional Max Crosby sighting, like it's or Josh Jacobs sighting, like it's pretty freaking ugly. Um, all the way around, you know, and and even like, and I and I'm glad you brought up about Derek because 
you know, we hear a lot about, you know, when, when we start focusing on the quarterback, like I think a lot of listeners at times think that we're absolving Derek Carr of his responsibility. That's not the case. It just happens no. to be the topic of conversation for the moment, because I, I agree with you hundred percent that Derek owns a lot of this. Even early on, we saw that pass down the sideline to Mac Hollins and he just freaking overthrows him and just throws it out yeah. of bounds. Even James Lofton, who's a Raider apologist is like, Dude, you got to put that thing in play. Your, your receiver is 6'4". Give him a chance to go up there and at least get the ball. You know what I mean? I get it, putting a, <laughs> put it in a place where a defender can't, you know, cut up underneath it and, and, and make a pick. But, like, at least give your guy a chance at it. It's almost like that effectively is a throwaway. And so I'm with you on that. And I think that, like, the, the I'm, you know me, Mr. Body Language over here. That's I'm always, okay. like, going to read into <laughs> things and see things and, like, demeanor and, like, the way the interactions are going on the sidelines and whatever. The, not overreacting, I know, but I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan in the moment post-game here. We just lost the freaking Jaguars. But, like, <laughs> is, is this, like, was this the game that kind of seals it for Raider Nation and Derek Carr and probably the Raiders and Derek Carr? Because, I mean... Like at, at a minimum, at an absolute minimum, even if you think he's the greatest quarterback in the world and he's just had all these things stacked up against him for nine years, okay? Even if that's someone's opinion, is it just not prudent at this point to just give him and the Raiders a fresh start? Let's go mm -hmm. ahead, whether Endon Hooker or someone else that we're going to be able to draft in the top five now, Raider Nation, because we have a hell of a pick. Uh -oh. Let's go ahead and just freaking draft his replacement. And even if he sit, and even if our player that we draft sits on the bench for a year behind him, because um, Derek Carr's got five million in dead money on the books, you know, even if he's a Raider for one more year, is this now like? Did, does this officially stamp it as like, okay, now it's time to look at the next phase of the plan? And then that phase of the plan probably doesn't include Derek, other than just like an in between kind of guy. Yeah, it's, it's the question. I think it's one of the questions because uh, in the NFL, I mean, you saw, listen, you saw Trevor Lawrence today make some incredible throws. And, and you're right about James Lofton. I have, it's the first time I've watched a Raider game this season where, I, where the times when Derek Carr was struggling, uh, James Lofton really pointed it out and explained it better, I thought, than anybody else had before because he's a wide receiver. He, he knows. Um, and so to me, that, that was troublesome. Uh, and then you saw, I saw frustration from him today. I saw him kind of get angry a few times, which you just don't see as much uh, at, with his receivers, with his throwing. And, and then you saw Adams a couple times too. You could see he was frustrated with what was going on with a ball thrown behind him that he couldn't get to. So, so it all creates this environment where people are not happy. And uh, I get that, right? But at the same time, you, you have to be able to, to move on. And I don't know what the Raiders will do. I don't think you move away from Derek Carr as your starter because I don't think they're going to do Jared Stidham. Uh, but at some point, they may. Now, again, these two games are as ugly. The losses, the 17-point the leads that have disappeared three times this year is remarkable, and and you got to look at the coaching staff for that. You have to look at the players, too. Don't get me wrong. They own it. They have to execute. We heard Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels last week say, we just didn't execute. Well, what's going on with you as a coaching staff that after nine weeks you're still not executing? What is it that you need to get through to these guys so that they execute? These are professionals. They get paid, Murph, to do this. So there can be no other excuses. I, I think tonight is the night when all the excuses are gone. And I would expect the media who covers the Raider on a daily basis to be a little harder on them because look, this whole, Hey, wait and see, you got to be patient with us. Not through nine weeks, my friend.
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. No, absolutely not. And, and you know, and I think we got to start. A, I mean, whatever. There's so much blame to go around. And I don't even, I don't even know where, 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 where to go. But like, but another thing, I, I loved your, your your comments there about James Lofton too, because something else that hadn't jumped out at me yet this year until he noted it, and I think you got to go to Ziggler on this, is that he said this is the first time in a long time we've seen a. Or I'm paraphrasing, but mm-hmm. basically he was like, this team doesn't have the ability to freaking take the top off of a defense. This team doesn't yes. have the ability to stretch the field with speed. And I think that when we lost Henry Ruggs last year, that really impact. Because I mean, in our, in our good buddy QB Jeff, Jeff Murphy, uh, Alameda, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and, and Oakland high school and college football legend. He talked about rugs a lot about like it wasn't so much the nine route. It's not the go route. It's not the throw deep ball that a tour you're going to hit Henry Ruggs for, you know, 50 yards downfield. That wasn't as, as effective of his game as it was that when you pull those defenders back or at a minimum, those deep defenders have to respect that. That's what opens it up underneath for Waller and Renfro and all these guys doing, doing their thing down low. And when Lofton noted, noted that today, that really kind of jumped out at me. I thought about that because we're so we've been so enamored with 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 Devontae Adams as we should be, but mm-hmm. but he's not a burner. Yeah, no. he's fat, but he's not a burner. And when you, Matt Collins, definitely not a burner. Hunter Renfro, not a burner. Like, how far down do we got to go down the list before we get to our fast guys? I don't know. Like, Tyron Johnson's not even on the team anymore. So like, we don't have that ability to put that guy out there in the, in the, in that in that X or that you know Z or whatever, and just let him freaking take it downfield deep. And so the, and what is James Lofton, like one of the best ever to do that, right? Like Mr. Oh, yeah. Speed himself. So like, I, I, I really heard that and that really resonated with me. And so I, I not only to, to note Lofton's comments, but then to go back to yours and look t- as far as the conglomerate, like, shouldn't that have been? And again, shame on me. Cause I wasn't even, it wasn't even registering with me going into the season, but it should have registered with Dave Ziegler. Like, <laughs> You know what See, I mean? That, that, no, you're you're right on, Murph, with this because this is the point. Personnel. Again, we we focus, and I think it's a, a good microcosm of this. And we didn't know it would be so widespread on the on the roster. And and you pointing out the wide receiver conversation and James Lofton, absolutely. People lost track of the wide receiver roles because of Devontae Adams. Everybody was so excited that he was coming. So I understand it. But we talked about offensive. You guys talked about offensive line. We talked about it on our show all summer long, going into the season, through the season. Um, And ironically, they actually played pretty well at times again today. But. Nonetheless, we talked about that, but we talked about the defensive backfield issues there. We talked about the defense up front issues there. Instead, and again, it's a choice. They decided to sign Renfro, Waller, Carr, right? They decided to sign these guys and Crosby. I don't disagree with Crosby at all, right? But you decided to give them their money now. You could have waited, okay? But they made that. So that's their choice. As, as my mom used to say when I was a kid, it's your bed, right? You got to lay in it, right? You, you made your bed, you got to lay in it. So, so that's what they did. And it's come back to bite them in the ass because it's not working. It just has not worked. Yes, you locked up your core guys. Everybody wants to see those guys be Raiders, no question. But 
what they overestimated was their ability to uh, evaluate and judge talent on the roster already that they could coach them up. And then the guys they brought in, some have worked out. Many like Chandler Jones have not worked out. No, wouldn't you love to have Yanni Kangakwe and Casey Hayward on this football team? It's like, you know, you think back to last year, it's like the guys that we let walk. And I mean, I know we give Zay Jones a hard time about, you know, because he was Derek's best buddy because he was first in and last out. But like, you know, watching Zay Jones on the field today, like, you know, I kind of felt that a little bit. You know what I mean? I'm like, it's like some of the players that we let kind of move on from this football team. I mean, yeah, it's, you know what I mean? It, it It's, gosh, I don't know, Scott. Well, we're just... We're all we all on the struggle bus right now. Let me just say uh, that. I understand, oh. my man. And and listen, everybody, you can, I'm sure, uh, Murph show coming up on Thursday on Raiders Fan Radio. If you don't follow them already here on YouTube, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you do that and get with them. Also, the One Nation Foundation. Murph, again, tell everybody about that so they understand how they can contribute. You guys have the big crab fest uh, with the Blitnikoff Foundation coming up in December. And I know people have already blown past your goal, but tell everybody about the money you're raising and what it's for. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we give all of the money that we raise with our show away, whether that's advertising dollars or direct donations. We formed our own nonprofit called the One Nation Foundation a few years ago, and that gives to all Raiders related charities. And we are very proud uh, to announce that we're going to issue a check to the Bolitnikoff Foundation uh, at their annual Crab Fest, which is next month in Las Vegas, December 16th at the Paris Casino. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna issue them a, a, a check for ten thousand dollars on behalf of the wow. listeners of Raiders Fan Radio and Raider Nation, and we are so thankful for those uh, those donations. Again, we're just the vessels, we just the, the knuckleheads that show up here and, and 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 talk about the Raiders on our show. And so it's all of our listening audience. And Scott, you've been a huge component of that, and Evan, everybody else that's involved with Silver and Black today. We appreciate you also very very much, and in the platform that you give us. And yeah, and so we're we're thrilled to. To, to be able to share that with the Blitnikoffs. And so and if, and if, and if you can, if you're in a position to donate, uh, just go to onenationfoundation.net. There's a donate button on there. It'll take you to a PayPal link and 100% of that money uh, that you give us there will go to the One Nation Foundation. And thank you so very, very much, uh, Raider Nation. And thank you, Scott, as always, for this platform here on your show. No, thank you and the entire team there for what you do. It's, it's amazing work. And I know Raider Nation is angry, frustrated right now, but take that anger, frustration, after tonight, let go of it and give what you can. I don't care if it's a dollar. Just give what you can uh, as it goes to a great, great, uh, great opportunity there to help out people. And it shows what Raider Nation is all about, which is supporting each other. Murph, we're going to let you go, my man. Uh, I know we'll check in with you on your show on Thursday. And then, of course, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, Scott. Have a good night. You See too. you, Raider Nation. Keep your heads up. <laughs> something. Something <laughs> or something is right. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And then when I come back, um, I'm going to be joined by my friend Evan Grote from Just Pod Baby and SportsNot.com. He'll join us. We'll continue our conversation about the Raiders 27 to 20 loss, 27 to 20 loss to the Jacksonville Jaguars to move their record to two and six. This is Silver and Black today and Odyssey original podcast. We'll be back right after this.